What up, everybody? You're listening to Helmet Theory Podcast, and I am Matt Nichols, one of the co-hosts here. Today's guest, we have Matt Carter from Bad Christian Podcast and the band Emery. Don't know if you've heard of them, but we grew up listening to Emery, the band. And also, uh, in the past years, we started listening to the Bad Christian Podcast. Just wanted to make a note here real quick. This is another episode where we recorded, and at the end of it, we found out that Hep's mic was all kinds of jacked up. But don't worry, he got a new mic, so did I. So, everybody just buckle up, put your helmets on, and get ready for our conversation with Matt Carter. Matt Carter, everybody. I got into music because uh, it was the thing that offered me the ability to use the skills that I that I have, the way my brain is wired, to be creative, uh, but also do something that I could understand how it works. And I was able to find people that are very talented in a different style than me, in a pure, creative, uh, expressive way and partner up with them that being Devin and Toby of course and Mm -hmm. when I found them and saw what kind of raw type talent they had I knew that I could put skills that I would have uh, with that and that we could do something I I was it was clear to me that there was something could be done with that in a raw sense and also never had any sense that what the normal things of life had to offer would be compatible with me or I'd be able to really survive in that I went to school for like uh, biology pre-med uh, to be a doctor or something like that, which I, I'm sure I could have like done intellectually or something, but there was just no chance I was going to be able to conform to that. Once I got in college and realized what that was like, it was not at all what I saw for myself. I thought of myself as a scientist and an inventor. And when I realized that it was just a conformity system and that only the top percentile of people would ever get to do anything creative, you know, science was immediately busted for me. So when I discovered I could do music and understand it and think of it like a science and then partner with other people and start creating immediately at a poor low level. And there's this punk and this alternative and Nirvana and what all that stuff was, is like, okay, we can just do this straight away and be creative right now. And it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter, but I believe in it and I believe what we can do. So we got going pretty quick with that and just went all in on it. As soon as somebody had the idea and I found other people that were sufficiently committed and somebody said, let's move away, move to Seattle. Um, you know, I'd always known if I had ever got an opportunity to do something wild, I would say yes. Like that was the feeling I had growing up in South Carolina. If some ever bizarre comes around, I will say yes. That was like us. Yeah. For in the sure. meantime, I just had to do whatever's in front of me or whatever. And so the, the very moment that it was suggested that we move away and start a band, it wasn't, it was not even a half second of a delay. I mean, it was, that's uh, finally, finally somebody has an idea let's yes let's go and so we just jumped all in on that and left everything uh we finished college uh we it was like our final semester of college when the idea finally came to us to do it and we just went and said all right we saved up money and moved to seattle uh that fall and just got an apartment and a storage unit where we practiced in and just made the band thing happen it just there was no way we weren't going to make it happen it just that's as simple as i can put it um not because we were that good. It's just we were, we just, we didn't have any high expectations other than the fact that we were going to do whatever it was. And so we just got out there and did it and then eventually figured out what it was that we did and what we did well and what worked and what didn't. And then uh, it happened pretty quickly once we've got all that figured out that we had what you would know as just 
general success uh, in in the scene and, and size and scope that we did. And so that happened all real fast. Uh, once it finally kicked off, it, it happened real fast. And then we got used to that real fast. It was like, oh, now we have a business and a job and this is our career and we're you know, it probably over way over serious and just thought we deserved it or all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and like, you know, it's still no thinking about the future or what it is that we're really doing or where is this all leading or going? That was never really thought about. It was just, it, we exceed our own expectations very quickly. And then at that point, at some point I started to feel that, well, we're making songs every year or two and we have all these fans all over the world and none of them even know me. I'm like the guy with that hair that plays that kind of guitar and like, yeah, they know the songs, but I'm me and everybody knows me. Like I'm, it feels like I'm famous or something, but nobody knows anything about me, you know? And even I wasn't the lead singer, but even if I was a few sets of lyrics, that's right. it. Like, you know, what, there's got to be more communicating to do. <laughs> there's got to be more, like, I'd like to say what I think and get to be known for more than, just guitaring or whatever you know so we started expanding cool. there, and i think that's the short version of how we got into podcasting if that's really the scope of the question is okay well there's i've got way more i would like to say and do and be known for or, or just be known i mean i think the a big part of it was i've got all this experience about the world now like i've seen so many things and i've changed so much and we living in this environment with the environment that we created the band is a very intense one it's a lot of camaraderie uh, it's a lot of joking. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of intense experiences and hyper problem solving. At it has high to be, levels. right? Yeah, and joking around and being mean to each other, but being close. I mean, it's it's just and being all over the world and having all these crazy experiences. And I just it's just no way that that's not shareable stuff. Just no, it was just clear that there's got to be a way to share it. And so as soon as we saw podcasting, it was like, oh, well, that's like being in a band for talking. Okay, let's do that. It starts terrible where you don't know what you're doing. You have no idea, but you just copy what you kind of see. And you know you have a special dynamic that's something. And you got to yeah. figure out something with this. And the stakes are zero. Nothing. What's the stakes of putting out a podcast, especially in right. 2014? It's just, it's a nothing. It's, it's just like it was the least intimidating possible thing where you could just jump in. And because we had the band and stuff, I mean, it took off pretty quickly. Um, and, and, you know, went from there. But our first episode got downloaded way more than i think that the first time i checked the analytics after we put it out it had already been downloaded seven thousand times or something like, oh wow that a mistake i don't know you know we didn't, had no idea it's a glitch <laughs> yeah i thought it was a glitch i was like well that's not that's obviously not right you know but i guess some of y'all's followers from the music just kind of carried over and it resonated so yeah right i mean now, that wouldn't have sustained it i mean anybody can start sure. a podcast but i'm you know i'm not here to say why it worked or whatever but it, it, it did also right away at that point yeah. so then it's just but then it's been stumbling ever since i mean it's the same thing i have no idea what the podcast was really about or for even though you have to kind of pretend like you do you have to pretend like you know what you're doing to even do the minimum but you have and i don't think it's fake it till you make it it's just there's a level of saying, well, I'm trying this. I don't really know, but I think this is what we're doing. It seems like, you know, you have to stumble into it. And that, and that's, I always like things you stumble into. I don't like to have a plan and I never know. Yeah. Get there what we're supposed to do. But when the problems present themselves, I think it's fun to try to solve them. That's, <laughs> no, that's, that's really interesting because that really sums up our experience. We're, I mean, you know, I don't know uh, how much we told you on the front end. This is we're fairly new to this podcasting thing, and it basically was birthed out of the idea of Nichols and I 
just talking and talking and talking and having a deep relationship for many years and going, man, this is a conversation that's important. You know, overall, this conversation of faith and life and growth, you know, it's not all church and spiritual, but that's a pretty common theme in our life. But yeah, I mean, we're definitely, you know, we, we make fun of ourselves more than we do celebrate our success, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's important. That's true. Now with Emory, uh, back in the band stuff, would you guys have called yourself a Christian band or? You know, I, I to this day will call ourselves a Christian band just to just defy the the, the category itself because it, now I feel like if we call ourselves a Christian band, it it is it's just a fun it's just fun to do that because it it almost is irritating to people to do it. Um, <laughs> there, I mean, we've called we've been. I think we've never tried to say we're not a Christian band, but I have so many different points of view on it across time that it's 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 kind of weird. But the, at at first, when I look back on it now in reflection, being a Christian band is an easier way to gain traction and success. And mostly that is probably why we were in the vicinity of Christian music. It wasn't because we were or weren't Christian. It was because it is easier to do that, period. So that would have been how we wound up being a Christian band more than, I mean, there's plenty of people that start bands that don't identify with that or avoid it. And if you can get to play in churches and people will give you stuff and you get opportunities and you're a Christian band, and your Christian guys, it's hard not to really take that opportunity. And yeah. then at some point, you you realize that you can get pigeonholed or pegged. So then you got you're forced to try to skate this line. And that always felt authentic to us to have to skate the line. That doing the wrestling is kind of the whole thing. I mean, that so yeah. we just kind of have always wrestled that line. And so early on, we did a tour. One of the first times we got a tour, we got to go with Number One Gun, who had gotten yeah. signed to a label. Uh, floodgate records they got signed to but we were a local band who traveled out of town and played at a house show with number one gun and met them when they were a local band and then they got signed and then they said we could do some shows with them and they had this church tour and we're like oh my gosh emory on tour are you kidding me we're not even signed and we're getting to go on a tour this is the best thing possibly ever and all we were looking for was to get signed and all we were looking for is to get a break and and number one gun who we'd been playing shows with got a break and we went and did started doing that tour with them. And we, I don't remember if it was two weeks and it's just these West coast churches where you're playing at youth groups and just whatever that scene was. And you know, it wasn't good. We didn't like it. It felt weird. It felt wrong. And we got halfway yeah. into the tour and said, this, this isn't real. We have to go home. We can't even do it. Um, and you know, we just had better ambitions than that. It just felt fake and it just felt not right. And we just told him after one of the shows, like, this isn't what we're trying to do. It's just this, we don't want this. Yeah. And then we didn't have yeah. any answers or anything else to be doing at the time. So it was particularly difficult, but we just went home, you know, we just couldn't do it. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm giving, I don't need to take credit for that. Toby was the emotional leader of that. He was particularly bothered. <laughs> I mean, I, but him saying it and articulating that we were all with it and we just went home. So then it wasn't like we weren't a Christian band, but it just, that wasn't valid. It wasn't legitimate. It just wasn't, it wasn't, we were, we were, get, it wasn't because we were good. So what's the point? You know, it was because we were right. Christian, so what's the point? I mean, just, we, they weren't real fans. We didn't have fans. We might've had a hotel room and a catering or something, but that's. It was, it was all based on what was underneath. 
yeah. like kind of what we were talking with, uh, we recorded with Michael Gunger yesterday and obviously his experience of uh, being Christian music to everyone in the church is ragging. Being an outcast. <laughs> yeah, it's the same <laughs> thing. I mean, right. And that, that would have been, I think, probably the trajectory you guys would have been on had you stayed in that. It would have, yeah, you would have self-imploded and well, I mean, maybe. I don't know what would have happened. I mean, we could have been successful and changed or become hidden fake people. I mean, that, right? We could have just, right. we might we have got numb to it and become the, the big, you know, the things that I hate a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, to be, to be fair, honestly, I think that's what me and Nichols both did. It's, not in the, not in the music I scene. I myself doing it. That's why we did yeah. it. It's the real battle there to not become that fake, hypocritical uh, I mean, that's what I, I mean, to this day, there's nothing, it is the thing that makes me the angriest in the world, even maybe more now than, maybe more now than ever. I cannot stop being angry at people that want to be heroes and look like heroes and it's phony and it's fake and I just, I cannot stand it. And I, maybe because I'm close to that or something. Yeah. I know what it is. And other people go, no, but you give them the benefit of the doubt. Or he's just, he's trying to help people or they're doing right. that. I'm like, no you, no, you don't get it. You don't get it. There's a, you don't see what I see. Yeah. You don't see this. I could be that and I could do that. And it's not right. It's evil. The people you think are heroes are evil. A lot of times. That's the way, I, but I'm maybe when I use that animated way that I get about it, it's maybe I'm overreacting to it, but I do that. Maybe you are. I've noticed when I listen to you guys on uh, on Bad Christian, one thing I notice is that you say very direct things and you're not afraid to use hyperbole at times. I don't think that's a bad thing, though. I think sometimes we need that type of language. I think it I think it resonates and I think we need that tension. But you're saying how I use hyperbole. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and. I don't even know if hyperbole is the right way to say it, but I've listened to plenty of episodes where, where you, you make very, you're not afraid to say your opinion. Now you'll recant that opinion at times. You might come back a week later and say, eh, I don't know if I feel that way anymore. I think that strong language is necessary sometimes. And people, I get on, people get on to me for that. One thing that I know, at least my, what I understand about Matt Carter is that you're tired of the bullshit. And that's just what it comes down to. In, in my opinion. I'm a lot more confused than people take me to be it's as if people take me as really confident when i in my mind i'm just being ignorantly transparent in that moment and and people it's just okay. other people have better manners than i do and and also <laughs> i can never understand how people don't understand say i said never really strongly there how can you not understand that I, this is a literary expressive tool of hyper of course i don't mean what i'm saying that strongly right is it not obvious that that's like a word device that I, i'm just being animated and you're supposed to understand that and not take me literally I, of course right. i don't really mean that and you yeah. say well why would you say it i go well i, I thought you understood i mean sure right. you understand you're gonna like it feels uncharitable but i don't think it is i think it's I mean, I'm starting to get more reflection on it. Go, oh, okay, why don't I just say it in a tempered way and it might be sure. way better. But I'm just being insane to sh because it's how I feel in the moment. How, how did you phrase it? Uh, how did you phrase it? Ignorant? Is that what you said? I forget um, how you phrase it, but. 
I thought it was a good way to phrase it. I think that's ignorantly transparent. Like I'm just showing you what is happening in my head. I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying it well, but I'll say it this way. I'm not, I'm just exaggerating. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just yeah. exaggerating. I don't know. I mean, I can't believe people take me. So, I mean, I want them to be take. I want to be believed. I'm not lying. I'm not making yeah. it up, but, and I always, I also do this thing where I act like I'm making stuff up because I don't really want people to think I'm an asshole. So I go, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just making this up. Like, no, I, well, on the other hand, I really believe it though. So I'm always <laughs> yeah. trying to obscure. I mean, right. it's like manners thing. I don't know how people take me or why I've always had problems with that my whole life. I mean, it's, yeah, there's a, some social skills that I don't understand that normal people have neurotypical people have. And so I just have all these mechanisms of being funny or self deprecating or sure. being exaggerative or saying, I don't know what I'm talking about even when I do. And, and, it's my way of just dodging something. I'm just trying, I'm not trying to upset anybody, but yeah. I would like to give you everything that I actually think if you can handle it and right. exaggerate. So can't think it out real out? time. I mean, is that real? I mean, how do other people do it? I don't know. Right. right. Well, if you're, if you're anything like us, I mean, especially I, for me, I need to be able to say things. I'm a bit of a verbal processor. So I throw it up and in doing so I process it. And by the time the sentence is out of my mouth, I might realize how stupid it is. Yeah. Or, or, you know, and I might completely and just hope that the people that, that are listening can sort it out. Yeah. I always make that assumption, but especially when the numbers are big and people don't actually know my character, I, you know, I get it. The older I get, the more mature I get. I go, well, I guess I can see why they think I'm so crazy. I mean, I get, yeah, <laughs> but I don't have much better methods, but I'm just not, I just, I think I always see everybody else managing the reputation with and putting so much bandwidth into that. And I just think that's ridiculous. Just, I mean, that's, that's taking away from my mind power to think of how is everybody going to take what I say? It's not that I'm so like you say, Oh, you don't put up with bullshit. I don't know. I just say whatever I'm thinking. I, right. It's not, I don't, I, I, I think, I, I think feel as strong as it sounds, I assure you. <laughs> well, I think, I think even the way that I said that was not that thought out. <laughs> and I think that's okay. You know, like welcome to helmet theory podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I constantly have like conversations with the people that are closest to me. Things are constantly coming out of my mouth the wrong way. My wife, I'm having to tell her all the time, like, Hey, I know I said it this way, but I don't think I meant it that way. <laughs> I know that you know my heart, you know, or you know what yeah. I'm, who I am. You know, I wouldn't say that There's in a malicious way. There's something to it though that I'm trying to get my mind around that I know is true. And it's something along the lines of, but you are no more than your behaviors. Like if your behaviors are coming across like an asshole, it's not the fact that you deep down aren't intending to be is kind of neither here nor there. Right. So right. I got some adjustments to make. I understand that. But yeah, the whole perception is reality. Type like, of yeah, but I would never mean something mean. I, well, you know, I wouldn't be mean. So how could you, if, why would you act like what I said was mean? Cause you don't clearly, you know, better than to think that. But nonetheless, the thing I said, it is, I did say, I mean, you, you know, your behavior is what right. the sum total is regardless. I don't need passes because of my intent. So I do aspire to do a better job of, if nothing else, communicating more effectively. But I like it when other people give me all the information. And that's in my mind, that's what I'm doing. I'm giving you everything I can say, even though there's liabilities for me, and then, I'm giving that to you. I'm giving you 
me. That's how I see it. Otherwise, I mean, I just, I really hate when other people calculate their speech to me because then I have to uncode it or decode it and interpret it and, and that kind of thing. And I don't want to do that. I just want to yeah. know what's in there. And I want that from creators and artists. I don't want the careful person talking to me. Get out. Right. Right. Boring. No, thanks. I think that right there, what you're explaining is one of the reasons that I really struggled in, in the church dynamic as a leader and, and being a pastor for a time, because there's such a, a framework and it's kind of like you get this much room to kind of be crazy or process things, but it's not that much room. And then if you kind of, if you begin to process or talk or ask or doubt or whatever, it, it's not, it's not invited. It's not accepted. It's, it's a weird and it's dynamic. Explained. Right. You never explain what the rules are. You just right. shame me if I don't do it the way everybody else is doing it. seems boring and goofy to me. Yeah. But then it's crazy when you're working on a fence with, with your neighbor and he's an atheist or something, you don't have to do anything. I, I have found a lot of freedom, if you will, with just talking to normal, normal ass people. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, of course. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a, another thing that is a unique lane that I land in is something of, I prefer that I don't, I haven't figured out a good way to talk about this either, but I prefer what I would call regular people, but, but that might mean blue collar right. people, but that almost sounds like I'm saying I'm coming down to the level of regular blue collar people. But, you know, I, I don't like the, the more pretentious intellectual, Stuff. I, I love high level thinking, but I hate the people that try to appear that way. You know, I mean, I, I don't know, but I have an affinity. That's what I'm saying. I don't know a better way to say it. I have affinity for more low class people, but yeah. that sounds like I'm putting myself in a higher class coming down, but I just, <laughs> that's the way I think of it. Let me, let me walk down to the lower class yeah, and uh, I just hang like, out with them I like for a little bit. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not like, I don't like that aspiration to appear better than religiously, spiritually, intellectually, scholars and all that. I mean, good information, but that's not better people. It's not more fun. It's not easier to actually decipher. Be, I'm not comfortable. I'm comfortable in a dirty punk rock, say whatever you want. Doesn't matter if it's an atheist neighbor or a longshoreman or a punk rock guy or whatever. I like those environments. They're alternative environments where the games of reputation and status are not. And, right. and religious systems are, are full of that. It, you know, all the institutions are full of these games that uh, more than anything seem to have rules that I'm not interested in or don't understand. Now you worked for a church for a little while. Isn't that right? Well, I didn't, I've never been on staff at a church, but I was heavily involved at Mars Hill. Okay. Um, and I was a deacon and in a bunch of leadership roles and things like that, counseling and all kinds of stuff. Delivery. Okay. And all that. How how was that? Well, uh, you know, crazy. It was a crazy thing. But I was attracted to Mars Hill because it was so alternative to. I just, I mean, I had a lot of compulsion toward the Bible and Jesus and the spiritual stuff there that I still have an affinity for, and most mainstream church stuff is so fakey feeling to me. Always has been. And then, or, or really goofy or really out there or really uh, magical thinking. Like when I grew up, it was the Pentecostal. Everything was like, I mean, that didn't make sense to me. It seemed obviously magical thinking type. And then the mainline and mainstream stuff seemed just totally fake. And, but I still felt that there was real stuff in the Bible and what Jesus was saying and the, the ultimate truths that are behind those things were always compelling to me. So I found Mars Hill at least 
as a pseudo intellectual alternative, uh, at least rough around the edges, like vibe that I was like, okay, if this stuff can be true anywhere, this has to be where it is. So I overcommitted there and said, this is the last, this is it. If it's not here, nowhere is kind of the way I felt. And so I did everything I could to submit and buy in and try to get to the truths that I thought were real in that system. So I was willing to really put on a lot and follow a lot. And I was really actively, I've always felt like this rebel. So I really made a conscious effort to submit this time and to try to buy into the system and try to play the thing or whatever. And ultimately I couldn't. And ultimately it was bullshit anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty publicly at that. Yeah. It was a, it was a disaster and I participated in. And so then it was like my impulses again, the impulse, I feel like I'm wrong and bad for being subversive and counter this and all that. I've always felt like, well, I'm sorry, but I don't buy this. And yeah, I'm going to have to cause a problem here, but, or whatever. And that was the time I really tried to, you know what, I'm going to really buy in and do right. And just, you know, and it was still wrong. I was still right that everything's bullshit. I, it still felt that way in the end. <laughs> yeah. and so it's like back to that again now. Like, oh gosh, even that was bullshit. And even when I tried to submit, is it really right to just keep on being a outsider rebel for everything? I guess so. I don't know what else to say. You Good. have At some point. I thought I'd grow up. I just, it's not going to happen. That's what it <laughs> yeah. feels like. Yeah. So along that thought, you have been known to talk about a term that I think you coined and that is post-Christian. I could not coin some term. <laughs> There's no way. It's an obvious type of term to make. Yeah. I think it's debated about what the term means, but I mean something specific when I say it that I feel confident about, and I don't hear a lot of other people using it that way because the term seems accurate to me. Right. Like it's just not going to be iconically catchy to other people. That's fine. But Well, I've tried to explain that to a few people and, and tried to push them towards bad Christian to kind of explain it for them because that's kind of been the only thing that I've been able to like attach myself to and still be able to call myself a Christian because of what the term Christian, what people associate that with. Sure, but other people hear it as non or opposed to Christian. So that's the problem with the term, but that's the problem with the people understanding it. It, The terms, it makes sense if you follow the definition of it, but which is pretty accurate to the terminology and the etymology of the words and stuff, but whatever, but nobody's going to accept it because it makes it sound like you're crashing on Christianity, which is not the case. (laughs) One of the major thought processes that I hear a lot is how can you add anything to Christian? You're Christian or you're not a Christian. How can you be post Christian? How can you be deconstructing, unraveling all the terms? How can you be any of these things and still Christian? Because we hold so dearly the, the tenets of faith and we're so concrete in our certainty. But the there's people nothing. that make that argument, there's no real way to make that. You can make a good argument against that. They don't want anybody that would engage the argument doesn't want to hear it. It's, no, yeah, it's not worth it. It's yep. not worth it. I mean, so elaborate on, on that post Christian thing, maybe. Okay. The argument would just be simply that uh, the easiest way to think of it would be if you're familiar with music, uh, post-hardcore music. Right. I would say that that's the music that Emory plays. We came up and we found that there's this genre that's well-defined called hardcore and it's the coolest. It's the best and we love it. 
it's been so done by all the people that have been there that, I mean, we're late comers to this thing. We just show up. It's already this defined world of hardcore music. It has all these principles and tenets and ways that it goes. And it is the best thing that I like the most. And then we say, well, what, how can we engage with this? And so we are, uh, you know, we in tribute to that. We are trying to continue that tradition that it had of breaking boundaries and pushing this and whatever it was, the spirit behind that, we're going to continue to do more of, and it will continue to look different than it did. And so instead of saying, no, we're hardcore now, it's saying that we, uh, you know, post hardcore, we're going to bring in melodic elements and we're going to do things. We're going to be spacey and we're going to use dynamics in different ways in the same spirit that this music has been doing because we like it so much. But maybe, you know, everything has been done, has been done for that in that place in that time. And so we're just going to do, continue doing it. And the name designation changes a little bit to post hardcore because we like it so much. It's not because <laughs> we're over it and it's trash. Right. <laughs> you know? right. Yeah. Now, I, I guess what you're saying there is, but then you're saying you're adding to Christianity or something, but that's, that's a silly way of looking at it. I think, I mean, first of all, if that's true, then, I mean, that doesn't make any sense if you think about it. If so, yeah. then, uh, all I'm saying is I'm, I'm acknowledging to change the, the, the way I'm just naming the way we're interfacing with the thing. Of course, adding to Christianity is what every modern theologian is doing all day, every day. No Augustine and everybody else already did. They did it. Were you trying to add to it? What were they trying to do? Add to it? Yeah, a hundred percent. Of course they are. That's what every preacher does every Sunday. Add to it, right? What's wrong with that? What can be added and what can't? What are you talking about? I don't. It makes no sense to me. So, but <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter because if you try to make that argument, to somebody they think they have a pure Christianity for some reason based on what they yep. exactly know in this place and time, and they want to call that the real thing. Okay. I have two things <laughs> that happened today. I, I'm kind of curious to see if, if you you both will kind of pick it apart or maybe you'll agree with me or not. So today I was driving some back roads in Arkansas and hit a dog. Mm, that's rough. Yeah. Did not see it whatsoever. Did not have time to swerve or anything like that. And look at my rear view and I see this dog tumbling okay my initial re reaction was a gut-wrenching like hard felt like oh my gosh I just hit somebody's dog you shitting me right now like how horrible is that I've never had a dog be hit but I have known people that have there's traffic behind me no houses don't know where to pull over can't really pull over and like go ask if it's somebody's dog or not so I keep driving. Hindsight, I wish I would not have done that. But the next round of thoughts were, who the hell lets their dog out to roam the woods? And then my next thought was, if there is a best case scenario, the dog got out, right? Or something like that. Well, I don't know if that's the best case scenario. With, it's not the best case scenario. I hit someone's dog. But what do you do with that? Like, how do you feel? I went through just a... <laughs> Uh, numerous feelings, anger, sadness. I think the 
the way that I would look at that, if it were me, is probably irrelevant. I think what the way I would talk to you about that specific event is those different emotion, emotional states that you had, they're all you? Are they different versions of you? Like, how, what does that, what is inside of Nichols there? What's, what's in there? Like, what are the different hmm. characters? Like, that, that, that's what there is to notice. I, and notice is the word that I would focus on. What did you notice about Nichols in, you know, and you, you unpack some of that right there. Sorry to use one word unpacked. I hate it. But, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, you were the, you, you went through a bunch of different, I look at them as different characters. Yeah. And what is the different capacity to have all those? And how do you synthesize them all back together? That's the, that's the art hmm. of being the, the person that, that, that you are. You know, there's a part of you that has a righteous, like <clears throat> self-righteous, what couldn't be my, f you know, there's a part of you goes, let's just see if I can think, explain this to you. But I think of that in, um, I think of it in music production like that with characters in songs. I think of it that way. And I think of characters in movies. And so, you know how a character in a movie is, uh, it's kind of a cartoon or something like it's just yeah. a character, like it's focused. And so I like to think of us as being multiple characters and then synthesize them all together. But there's a character version of you that you can write a comedy about in that moment or a drama or, or you're the bad guy or you're the good guy. And you kind of are spinning through all of those. So you have narrative. Yeah. You live in a narrative state. You always tell yourself a story about you and who you are and what you're like. And when a moment like that comes, it's not really clear which one. It's right. Cause there, there's a part of me that even was like, well, I have to turn around and get the dog. This type of person who would, I'm who would do that person who does this and you go right you know but who lets their fucking dog <laughs> you know, <you're> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly exactly character. but you're both and you're all of that and you put you have to put all that together and so to you know where you go wrong is to deny that they're not all you you're all you are so all the that. temptation there the temptation there is to want to side with the strongest emotion or feeling like which was it, what for you dude i think the longest lasting one was just the heart wrenching like i just hit somebody's dog the the strongest feeling one was who the hell lets their damn dog freaking roam around so you're mad and then i felt that they did to you i'm not saying that's illegitimate it is but somebody did sure. something wrong to you in that in, in, in some version of the story yeah, that something really like gonna that. going to be the story you roll with, and then you filter it through. Well, what would people say about me if I thought that way? I need, you know, you there, have, you there have this it is. need to craft a narrative, and then one that you can internally sit with, and one that you can show externally. You have yeah. that need, and so you have to do that work. And in that moment, it's very it, most of the time you live in these patterns that are predictable, and environments that you set with your behaviors and your habits that you rarely bring that into conflict. I know I'm this guy that yells at my kids or I'm this guy that, and you just, you've already accepted it and nothing surprising happens. So you're not confronted with much choices about your narrative. You just live it out. The one, same one from yesterday. So yeah. in that moment, you actually get to do introspection. You have the opportunity there for that. That's the way I look at those. Moments. That's neat. Yeah. I, I hear, I hear Toby constantly asking you questions, not necessarily about hitting someone's dog, but, yeah, you guys are constantly having some sort of like interaction like that, and I was yeah, like, he "Dude, he does that 
unbelievable. He swings so, I mean, that's part of, yeah, that's what I mean when, I, when I'm looking at a character in a song. or Toby is so emotionally driven. He'll play both characters in uh, five seconds apart. It is so entertaining to me. I just want to yeah. Toby. He'll just go, oh, God. It's, it's, there's a, such a discomfort, and people's main thing is to try to escape discomfort. I mean, that's actually, I think, what wins out in the end on most things. Like when you said, it's the strongest emotion. Maybe the whatever you can do to solve your own problems, which your problems are usually discomfort, right? Your own suffering and discomfort is always the thing that's bothering you, right? On some level, whatever's making you most uncomfortable or causing you suffering is the problem to solve. And so you have a problem of guilt in that moment right away. And so you start looking for solutions. So you just hop around and you test out all these other characters you could be. And one of them, that's interesting. A solution. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. And one of them's going to win. It's whatever solves your problem and you're going to move on. And then yeah, well, that'll become about it. Who you are. I'm this type of person that hits dogs and doesn't hit and run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the hit and run guy. You're the hit and run guy. Yeah. What do you think about it? We, I know we barely talked about it before. Yeah. I, well, I'm I'm kind of laughing because I'm thinking it's so funny to me that this is one of the major topics. We went from like church and identity and like spiritual progression to like, hey, by the way, I hit this dog and I really <laughs> work through this. I, I just like the the ones that try to settle it and say right and wrong and that. So I mean, that's that that black and white or moralistic or guilt driven thinking is. I am not a fan of that. That's that's think, not what I was looking for. Yeah for sure. Cause what, what I felt all the feelings and all the characters that I, I visited there all felt normal, authentic right? You, yeah. Authentic. Yeah. So I wasn't trying to avoid it or push those things away. I was just like, how do I feel? What do I do? Feel do I go? Another way I look at, it, I'm trying to coach my kids up to be balanced people. And it's like, you got to feel your feelings, you know? You have yeah. to feel them until you're done feeling them. And then you can decide what to do next is the way I look at that. Feel it until you're done feeling each one and then decide what to do next. I don't know. Don't already know that one of them is wrong and say, you know, that's great. That's when you get down that. I mean, that's the, a big problem with, I think with a lot of religious systems is they'll start with the moral outcomes on a list or whatever it is. And, and there's good reasons to have good guidelines like that or whatever, but it's, if you're starting with the outcome of, well, I know I'm a good person because I'm me and there's a list of good things, then you have no choice but to suppress real feelings that you really do have, which gives you no chance to deal with them because you won't be able to handle the dissonance of that. So you suppress it or hide it from your own self. Then what? That's interesting. That's what you said a second ago about uh, that paired with uh, what what'd you say? You said, Oh, just that being your well, one of your biggest pet peeves or whatever. I, that what you just explained is me for the first twenty five years of my life. It's it's fine if you're two and three in a way, but you had to grow out of this. That I mean, right. I, I like that. That's that ties back to me to the post attitude of everything. I'm always looking to be post something. To be honest, I mean, I'm always yeah. looking to. Uh, I would just call it growth, but you know, it's just you. You there's good and bad. It's such a, a immature descriptor of things. But it's, yeah. it's at least where you have to start, but you better get past that. I mean, it's good to whatever you tell kids, but you got to release them from that also when it's more, cause it's more complicated than that. But all, I, all we can, all you can understand right now is it's good to 
not have dessert before supper. It's bad to have dessert before supper, but you don't want a 30 year old that cuts themselves and is suicidal because they can't, they've been eating Skittles in the afternoon because they've never been released from like, you can make that show. I mean, there's, you know, one day you maybe will do it. It's okay. It's not wrong. Bad. It's not bad, 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 bad. It's just generally not a good idea statistically in most cases, but that's not how you explain things to people progress past that and embrace the deep. You have to release from everything at some point. Yeah. And it almost feels like those things belong more on a spectrum than they do on a check this side or that side. Right. But you know, in an immature sense, you start with a more of a binary and that's, I see that a lot. And a lot of people I know that have, you know, poor mental health or are farther or closer to that, like unreleased from X, Y, Z from their upbringing. I mean, there's a lot of that. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, I know uh, we're getting close to time here. I don't know what time it is. I know we've got some stuff. You guys are, y'all have an album coming out. Oh yeah, we did. We just put out an album. Uh, did it just come out? out. Uh, we completed it and gave it to all of the people in Emory land, which is our fan community. And um, so they have it now, but it'll be out public in June. So that's, that's right. The way we're doing albums now, which is fun. We've been making it all year and giving the songs out to our community as we go. So they have it in an ongoing way and then it'll be out publicly soon, but that's, kind of a blast it's our eighth album so that's insane i mean it sounds like i'm promoting an album but i'm uh it's also true that i'm post album i think albums are come on that's over right (laughs) (laughs) you guys put out a cd huh well there's so many other things to do i mean there's just i mean there's albums is great and i love albums but that seems like it's more based in the past than the future is all I'm saying. Like the, the, what it means to have a collections of songs and be an album. I'm pretty open-minded and not locked into that is the way I would put it. So I think there's more important things to do than just make albums, but that's no knock on albums. They're my favorite things that I've ever experienced. Yeah. Albums. It's funny that you say it like that. Cause I feel like you guys do a good job of trying to figure out kind of what's next in music and how, how do you, you know, how do you create post music? I'm so post music, dude. Yeah. (laughs) No, I am. I'll make an argument for post music. I think that (laughs) we have developed musically really well and we have all the musical skills that we have that we didn't used to have. And I think it's going to be really hard for people to get into things purely as audio music, as an art form going forward. I believe that the it's a multi-dimensional thing there. Of course, you could say on a simple level, well, what do you mean, video and music? Well, yeah, but it's also like the context and the meaning, what the story is of the, of the band and the artist. And the, the music is just a part of it. Like music is one of the most important things to humans, but what is it used for and used with and what are we going to do with it is really the question. And just putting it on an album as a product and selling it seems... Well, seems like we're a little past that. Yeah, old so school. There's music is never, ever going away. It's, it's super tied to humans' brain development in a way that there's just no getting around it. It's going to exist and be utilized. But for what next? That's really the good question to me. As much as as much as I've always enjoyed hearing you talk about uh, on the Bad Christian podcast about church and God and 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 the whole thing. I think next to that would be hearing you talk about the future of fill in the blank AI and 
Yeah, we're moving on, man. That's Dude, all, just, that's just where my I'm just focused. It's not like I'm way off or anything. I just yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm ahead of other people, but I'm just interested in the near next thing, future. I mean, you know, I'm just interested are, are, in the next thing. Are you still? You may have quit doing this a long time ago. I don't know, but there, there was one point you were wearing a recorder on you most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Are you still doing that? No, I'm not. But man, I love that experiment. I recorded every moment of my life in audio for three months and i have all the files still oh I my gosh eventually fatigued with the batteries and just the strapping yeah. on the, the the thing every day but the technology got so small that it was just this tiny little belt pack thing that i would wear with a lapel mic i was like man the hard drive space is infinite this costs nothing but batteries but it still became a pain the um and i had i have a big list of all the things i was curious about through that experiment um, and one of the big ones was I thought it would be really useful to settle things that people argue about, like what, who said this, or you said that, or if something happened and conclusively I determined that that is not true. Like whenever you have an argument with somebody, you think, yeah, no, but I trust me that you said this and it was wrong. And then you, you can't ever go back. Even if you can go back it somehow still doesn't matter because they go, but that's not even what I was talking about because you didn't, and they just, it doesn't matter. If you try to go back and settle it, it just fractures off again into a different argument and you never get anywhere. And I just can't believe how fascinating that is that I actually know that now, like from experience. But yeah. I thought, okay. So you would, you would witness an, an argument over audio and then witness, go do yeah, research. In, like with my wife. He would be the party of said argument. Uh, yeah. And then you would go do research to settle that argument? Yeah, I mean, it was all easy. To, that's what I thought was so fascinating about it. It's all time codable, you know, like it's just like, oh, it was at seven o'clock we had the argument, or it was 30 minutes ago, and you said this, or that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I bet your wife that's loved that, that, didn't she? It just, it's just not, it doesn't work that way. Like, no, it does not matter. You can never, you can't, that's what I'm saying. The same with the, the argument with people about the terminology or something with the, it, they don't, it does not matter. I, I'm, really focused on words and i'm over literal in a lot of ways i guess but it's never about the actual words that were said i can't believe that's true but it is it's just like there's an there's an energy two people have and they oppose each other and that's all and they say words too but there's no settling anything you know there's like (laughs) conflict is like deeper than getting the words right (laughs) that is so funny (laughs) i thought that was a deep takeaway and there's all these privacy things that I just found so fascinating. Like uh, the people, the idea that people knew that you're recording something completely changes the way they act, reach you, even though, you know, there's recorders everywhere and it's almost inevitable. I mean, we, Alexis probably listen. I mean, it's just so weird the way people interact with the knowledge of recording. And, and again, it messes with the reputational status and the re- management and who they say what. And yeah, you know, I just have different stroke. I mean, I'm wired a different way, you know? Yeah. I don't have what? a neurotypical brain. And so those are all the things. I mean, it's just a way of me engaging and learning about the way normal people are. I mean, that's, that's kind of the experiment I'm always running. It's like, how do y'all work? This is insane. It never makes sense to me that people work the way they work, and I'm always trying to figure it out. So are you post-normal? I am post, so post-normal. No, I've never been normal. I'm, You're just post. Yeah, I'm just I, – I, I use the word alternative for that. Like, you know, okay. you, could, you could diagnose me. You could say this. You could say I have this – whatever. You could say anything you want, but – I, I, you know, I always identify as outsider or alternative I, that I just, if they put me in a group somewhere, I'll just become outsider to that group. I don't know why it's just, that's just what will happen. 
Well, we're going to put some of this stuff in the show notes. We're going to, we're going to put, uh, obviously the new album and Emory land, things like that. I think there was something else you guys are doing. Uh, Oh, we do a new uh, streaming show on Sunday night. That's right. I mean, just being down in the, you know, we've been podcasting on Skype so long, Devin and Toby and I are just basically doing, it's not even Emory shows. Uh, you, you know, you wouldn't be surprised to, to know my opinion about regular old boring rock shows that have been going on since the seventies. They're outdated a little bit. So we're trying to add a little bit to what it means to do, to, to be musical performers. It's not just music. We talk or do little comedy things just to okay. expand it. And uh, we think musicians take themselves too seriously. So we're having more of a lighthearted, it's closer to a variety show of kind of a model where we play our songs and have guests and do collaborations and just do whatever's possible to do in this moment with the existing technology and situation i mean it, the situation is what it is i embrace it what is there to do here and so this is our solution for that it's called are you listening on sunday nights it's kind of it's, it's kind of a throwback in a way that it's a tv program almost that people i see on instagram people put it on their tvs and watch it with their families on sunday night which is so such a cool feeling but it's just us hanging out uh yeah. making some comedy stuff playing some songs having some guests and streaming you know a sunday night show and that's emorymusic.com slash are you listening? Yeah, I think that's the website for it. You said twitch, uh, dot, twitch.tv slash emorymusic. Uh, twitch is our main platform okay. for it. You can find it through emorymusic.com. But yeah, gotcha. that's what we're up to. I'll put all the links in the show notes for everyone listening. You can go check that out. Uh, I'm going to definitely check that out. That sounds awesome. So Yeah, Corey from Norma Jean's on this week. Woo! Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, we're doing a song together where it's uh, Dave's. I, I, did the, I did a Wurlitzer piano. A Norma Jean song on piano. Dave played in his basement on it like a toy drum set, and then Corey's singing on it today. And so we'll hear how it turns out. Dude, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Norma Jean got me through a lot of times. I'll tell you that. It made me want to. <laughs> hey, you need to fire up some Norma Jean and go think about what you did today on the road with that dog. No, I'd settle in, in the from that based on what Matt was talking about. <laughs> no, feel it all, man. Get yeah, dude. It all. Go back through each one of those and don't be afraid of it, what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Matt, thanks for hanging with us, man. It, it means a lot that you take a little bit of time and, and hang out with a couple of knuckleheads like us. And I hope people enjoy this podcast. I've enjoyed it, man. So if nothing else, it's been it's been fun. So appreciate you uh, hopping on with us, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. It's, I enjoy getting to be on this the other end of the podcast and not have to host. I can just say whatever I feel like over on my end. And that's <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's funny, man. Yeah. Awesome, man. Appreciate Thanks, that. brother. Take care, Matt. Thanks a lot. See you guys. So how would you feel about that? I'm not going to go, wow, like all the other ones. Dude. Wow. I just, no, you know, it's funny. It's such a podcasting is, is such a funny medium because we, I mean, we've listened to the bad Christian podcast for years now. And before that we were both Emory fans. So, I mean, it yeah. was, we've, we've known in, in air quotes, Matt Carter for since the two thousands. Now we've never met him, never talked to him. Um, but I was really impressed. I've always been a big fan of listening to their show of how his brain works yeah i mean he thinks at a different level he jokes about how he he's not normal and he's not he doesn't he doesn't uh what do you say neurotypical but uh and, and he's correct in that and you know there's a lot of times i think my brain works different in this way or that way but he's on a totally different level you want to talk about a deep thinker and an analytical thinker i find it refreshing dude because what he says i say whatever i feel 
I'm half the time scared to say whatever I feel because consequences or whatever it is. Well, we haven't unlearned that part yet. And I'm not fully there either. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm learning to be a hundred percent myself, but it's, you know, Matt Carter, maybe I'm wrong about this, but it seems like he doesn't really have anybody to give him pushback. And we do, which is, which is it ironic. feels like we do. Well, it's ironic because he does, they've got such a big following, you know, I, I don't know if I would say that he doesn't have anybody to give him pushback. I, I mean, he's got to have people close to him that aren't afraid to push back. I think, I think it's what he said. I think his brain works differently. He, he sees the world through a different lens than maybe you or I do or other people. And it probably, I know at one point he said uh, something about being on the out, an outsider of any given group. In, in a way, I'm not jealous of that because I, you know, me as me, I'm a social, I want to be, you're going to be on the inside of all the groups. Right. And as much as I hate this, I do care about the things like status and where I sit on the, in, in the pecking order. And I don't, I'm not saying that that's a good thing. In fact, I think it's a terrible thing and I'm working through it, <laughs> but you know, looking at him, he doesn't care about that stuff, but there is something about those type of people. I mean, it, it's those type of people who, who keep us moving forward, you know, forward yeah. thinkers. They're the ones that aren't afraid to, necessarily take a risk they're the ones who are the first to try x y and z and that x y and z eventually becomes normal or uh groundbreaking technology or whatever it is right so i found it fascinating i <laughs> their podcast has uh over the last you know five or six years has been really really good for me and even the guests they bring on and their music i mean i just you know, I hate to sound like a fanboy at this point, but I do have a lot of admiration for kind of what those guys do and the projects they're working on are always just awesome. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed that episode with Matt Carter. Make sure you go visit the links in the show notes to check out more about Emory, Bad Christian, and all the stuff Matt was talking to us about. If you would go follow us on social media. That's how you can stay up to date on everything. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.